Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. We have been studying the supernatural power of God, gifts of the Spirit, power of God in manifestation. Brother and sister J.R. Goodwin both have gone on to be with the Lord, were the pastors that our family grew up under in the all through the decade of the 60s and into the early 70s. We moved here to Galveston in 1973. One of the particular subjects that they taught on in preparing people to understand and operate in the supernatural in their lives was a series called Preparing the Spiritual House, which basically, basically talks about us growing up spiritually, learning to discern, that which is of our flesh, that which is of our mind, and that which is of our spirit. What gives us uniqueness here on this planet when it comes to all the other living entities on the planet is that we are human beings and we are made in the likeness and image of God. We are triune in makeup. Everybody say triune. That means there are three distinct portions given to us that make up the one individual. We are a spirit. Everybody say a spirit. We possess a soul, everybody say a soul, and we live in a body, everybody say a body. Now, animals are dualistic. They do not have spirit or have a spirit, but they do have a soul. That's why you can train them or you can do this or that, and they do have flesh or have a body. I do believe there is an element of spirit to them because of life, but it's actually having a, a spirit like we have a human spirit, they do not. If they did, they would be, it would be different. But it's not. They're dualistic in nature. We're triune in our makeup. Now, because of that, we must understand when a person makes a decision to give their life to Jesus. We're not talking about becoming religious. We're not talking about joining a church. A person does need to join a church, though, so he can grow. Amen. We're not talking about, you know, being a good person. We're talking about a person making a decision to become what the Bible calls born again. Jesus is the one that coined the phrase. He told Nicodemus, you must become born again or you will not understand the kingdom of God. Or you can say it like this, until you get born again, you'll never understand spiritual things. But when people get born again, the part of them that is born again is the real you, the spirit man, the spirit person. You leave the human family, you enter into God's family. You begin to live by a different motivation. Righteousness is now on the inside that motivates you to do right instead of iniquity that was once on the inside that motivates you to do wrong. Now, once that happens, once you become born again, the Bible says you have newness of life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the Bible says he's a new creature. It doesn't say he's a changed creature. It says he's a new creature. Now, from the standpoint of being a new creature, now change is possible. Not only change in your spirit, but change in your mind and change in your flesh. But you're going to have to recognize and realize the roles that these three different entities play in your life, your flesh, your soul, and your spirit, if you do not recognize what they are, how they relate to you, how you relate to them. You'll literally not ever grow in spiritual things. You must understand one thing plainly. Now, now I know this isn't the best news, but we're going to get to some good news before it's over with. Your spirit man has been recreated in the likeness and the image of God. God did not uh, rehabilitate the human spirit. 
He destroyed it. We'll study this when we study redemption. As we're studying redemption on Sunday mornings, you'll see that he provided a place for the human spirit to die, which is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Then he took and put into man a brand new spirit. Not the human spirit fixed up, but the human spirit now with the spirit of God on the inside of it. But you're left with a soul, which is your mind, the way you think, your emotions, the way you feel, and your will, which is the choices you make, and you're left with your flesh. And until you understand, get this tonight very clearly, until you understand that your mind and your flesh are your enemies. Let me say that again. Your mind and your flesh are your enemies when it comes to spiritual things. Your mind and your flesh do, do not want to cooperate with the Word of God. Your mind and your flesh do not want to pray. Your mind and your flesh do not want to give. They don't want to go on the street outreach. They don't want to go on the missions trip. Your mind and your flesh want to do what the mind and the flesh want to do. You say, well, what is our hope? God has given us power. Everybody say power. First of all, He put it in your spirit. There's power in your spirit. When you got born again, there's spiritual power because of the new birth. There's spiritual power because of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. There's spiritual power in the Word of God. There's power in the name of Jesus. There are all kinds of and dimensions of power that empower the human being to be an overcomer when it comes to his flesh and his mind. Because if you do not recognize an enemy or oppose an enemy, that enemy will keep you defeated at all times. Now let me say that again. If you do not recognize something is an enemy and you do not oppose that which is an enemy, you will remain defeated. You will find it extremely difficult to get healed. You'll find it extremely difficult to be involved in spiritual things. You will not have the zeal or the excitement that you would like to have. You'll find it difficult to become a member of a church. You'll find it difficult to serve God. And a lot of the old sins and habits that you should be through with and out of in your life, they'll come right back on you and many times come back even in a worse way. Jesus said when you cast a devil out of somebody, it goes into a, goes into a, a desert place, but it comes back. And it looks at the soul or the flesh of a person. And it sees it swept, cleaned, and garnished. And says, well, you know, there's nothing there for me to hinder me from going. So I'll come back into it and bring seven more with me. And the Bible says the state of that person is worse than he was when he began. Amen. Peter said it's better not to know than to know and not to obey the things that you know. Now, go to Romans real quick. We're going to look at a couple of things tonight. I think this is going to help us. Prepare our spiritual house. Everybody say, prepare my spiritual house. Real quick, Romans chapter 8. But before we read in chapter 8, just right back in chapter 7, I want us just to notice verse 18 just for a second of Romans chapter 7. I'm going to pull it up out of context because I don't want to get it in context. But I just want to, just for the sake of what we're, what we're teaching on tonight, it says in verse 18, Paul speaking to us, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Whoa. Now let me read it again. For I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says, for I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot perform it. 
I have the intention and the urge to do what is right, but no power to carry it out. Now, Romans chapter 8, notice what it says here. Now, that's talking of the flesh. But now notice right here in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For they that are, the, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Notice cap, capital S there. It says, for to be carnally minded is death. Uh-oh. Everybody say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can be. Now listen to this in the Amplified. It says, now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that, comp- that, death that comprises all the menis- miseries arising from sin both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace both now and forever. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So let's just simplify it. Remember a couple of weeks ago, keep it simple. Okay, let's simplify it. Can't serve God with your flesh, can't serve God with your mind. Period. That's it. You say, well, I'm going to serve God when I feel like it. You never will. You never will. Well, if I think about it, I'll serve God. You'll never do it. It's all geared against it. Because of the fall of man, when man fell, his mind fell, his flesh fell, Jesus, sent, uh, Jesus came to redeem us. Now our spirit man has been redeemed. It's been given eternal life. And it can possess enough power. Let me say it like this. It can possess enough power, even more than enough power to make you a conqueror over your mind and your flesh so you do not become flesh and mind dominated. You can become spirit dominated. And if you want to live an overcoming life, you want to have fun, you want to have fun living your years out on the earth. You want to have a good time? Not be stressed out? Not, not have all kinds of anxieties and woes and problems and circumstances. So you want to do, I mean, not that you never want to have any problems. No, you'll have problems. But if you want to live a good life, have joy, have peace, oppose anything that rises against you, get healed when sickness comes, get blessed when poverty comes, live by your spirit. Amen. Learn to live by your spirit. If you can learn to live by your spirit, you'll have a wonderful life. You'll have a wonderful life. But if you learn to live by your flesh and your mind, why, you've got this spirit that's full of the life of God. You're going to be miserable. You will abs- You talk to any backslidden person. You just talk to them. Give them five minutes of conversation. And they'll begin to rehearse their misery. Out of them will come their bitterness. Out of them will come their anxieties. Out of them will come their worries. 
And they'll be talking about their hurts. Well, I don't serve God anymore. I read this book and this happened. I went to that church and they did this and I tried to serve God. And they're just, you know, and they're just all stirred up, messed up. Well, you know, you talk to somebody that's serving God, that loves the Lord, and even they may be going through a terrible situation, but they'll have peace, they'll have joy. They say, well, you know, the doctor says, but my God says. Well, the banker says, but my God says. And they're always living by the Spirit, so they always have that peace, that righteousness, that joy, and all the attributes that God has deposited in the Spirit realm for them. They will be dominated by it instead of that which is in the mind and the flesh. Now, if you develop your physical body, which don't get me wrong, you've got to take care of yourself physically. You just can't, you know, say, well, you know, pastor said physical body means nothing, so I'm just not. No, no, you've got to take care of yourself physically. You're not going to live long. You've got to eat right. You've got to exercise. You've got to get some sleep. If you have problems sleeping, get into the Word. The Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. We're accepted in the beloved. Amen. Learn to, learn to sleep supernaturally. Uh, you've got to feed yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. But if all you do is, is, is work on your physical body, you will produce physical strength. But it's amazing how fleeting physical strength is. Now, you take it on every level. You take a man that works hard, that has to work with his physical body. He can only do that for so many years, and his body will give out on him. You take a professional athlete, no matter, no matter how good he is, and he hires a dietitian, and he hires a personal trainer, and he's getting paid all this money to play baseball or football or basketball or some other sport. No matter how good he is, as the years go by, his strength begins to deteriorate, begins to wane. Now you develop your mind and your intellect, and it'll produce willpower. And a lot of people have very strong willpower. I mean, they'll stick with a project. They'll stick with something until they see it completed. But the problem is this, is willpower will always sell you out. And strength, physical strength, always wanes or gets weaker and weaker as, the time, as time goes by. But if you learn to develop your spirit, man, if you learn to walk in faith, if you learn to walk by the spirit, then you'll develop spiritual power. Now, this is amazing. This is amazing. Everything in the physical realm gets wore out with the using. Your shoes are going to wear out. Your pretty clothes are going to wear out. The tires on your new car are going to wear out. Your physical body is going to wear out. The more you use it, the quicker it's going to wear out. Amen? The same thing is true with your mind. If you're constantly using your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind will begin to weaken after time. And it will become not near as sharp. And it will begin to wear out. I know I've seen people, even in my own mind, I don't think near as sharp as I did 20 years ago. But here's the good news. Spiritual things are just the opposite. They do not wear out with the using. They get stronger with the using. You say, what do you mean? You begin to develop faith and begin to use your faith. Your faith does not wear out. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. You begin to develop a prayer life. It doesn't wear out. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Can I get a better amen than that? So when you make a decision to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to begin to live not by my flesh. I'm not going to begin to live by my soul. I'm going to begin to live by my spirit. Then you have made a decision to live in the life that God has provided for you in Christ. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. Everybody say life. That is the word zoe. Everybody say zoe. Z-O-E in the Greek, which means the kind of life that God himself enjoys. Now, what kind of life do you think God enjoys? You think he's worried about the economy, worried about the government, worried about the new pope? 
Amen. Well, you'd be surprised how many Catholics today are just stressed as they can be. They're so worried. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, they're going to elect another one. That's going to be it. Amen. No, you don't have to worry. God doesn't worry about any of that. He doesn't have anxiety. I heard a guy say this time, one time. He was up preaching. He was just preaching, preaching, preaching. I was preaching in the camp meeting with him. And he made this statement, God is sick and tired. And he began to name what God was sick and tired of. So after the service, he said, you know, that's amazing. I never read anywhere in the Bible that says God was sick and tired. He was like, oh, man, you teachers are too much. No, God's not sick. God's not tired. God's not mad. God's not upset. God's not stressed. Remember the two words God never says? God never says, uh-oh. Think about that. You'll get that about 2 o'clock when you say, oh, yeah. We're the ones that look at situations and go, uh-oh, uh-oh. God never does that. So if God, now listen to this statement. If God requires us to live by the Spirit and to live by faith and to live according to what the Spirit realm has, what has been deposited into it through redemption, if God uh, uh, has designed for us to live righteously, separated from the world, and if He wants us to live sanctified from the world and live holy, but He does not provide us the information and the power to do it, now, let me say that again. If he does not provide us the information and the power to do it, he's an unjust God. There ain't no reason to serve him. There's no reason to serve him. But, now think about this. He has provided for us not only the power, but detailed instruction and an entire book of instruction and examples that covers just about every subject you can come up with, and if there's subjects that don't cover what you're going through, then the Holy Ghost can minister to you and tell you how to get yourself out of it by the will of God. So we've got to understand the mandate. Everybody say the mandate. The mandate that is upon us as believers. We said this last week. We're going to carry it to another level this week. Is to grow up spiritually. Let me say that again. Is to grow up spiritually. Not dominated by our flesh. We see the flesh, no good thing. Mind is at enmity with God. Amen. To grow up spiritually, not dominated by our flesh, not dominated by our mind, but dominated by the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us, living in a fallen world system, but not being dominated by that system, living above it, rising above it. Sickness and disease comes, we have healing. Poverty and lack comes, we have prosperity. Depression comes, we have joy and peace. All other kind of stuff comes on the earth, we've got provision, protection, and blessing because of what God has provided for us in Christ. Now, real quick, go to the book of James. Let me find this real quick. Verse 13 of chapter 3, this is interesting. Verse 13, chapter 3 of the book of James. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation or lifestyle his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. 
But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Everybody say pure. Then peaceable. Everybody say peaceable. Gentle. Everybody say gentle. Easy to be entreated. Everybody say easy. Full of mercy. Everybody say mercy. Good fruits. Everybody say good fruits. Without partiality. Everybody say without. And without hypocrisy. Everybody say hypocrisy. Now note that just that scripture right there. For no other reason. That scripture right there shows you a benefit of living by the Spirit instead of by the... Now, this I heard this said years ago. Actually, I was over in Europe. Somebody said this to me after a meeting out on the street. He says, you know, there are some people that know some stuff you don't know. And I said, I, don't, I never said I knew everything. And what he was saying was this. There are some people that know some things according to the flesh and according to the mind that know more than you know about things of the Spirit. And what they know is better than what you know. Is basically what he was challenging me in. He was basically, what he was doing, he was a religious person. And was basically, I was talking in the, in the particular meeting about how religion is man's response to God. And how redemption was man reaching, God reaching down to man in the person of Jesus Christ. And now if you're a true believer, you're not a religious person. I said, you're not a religious person. There are a lot of religious people. And then in my message that night, I was talking about how religious people really know nothing of spiritual things. They know carnal things. They know things of the mind. They know things of the flesh. They know things about their ordinances. They know things about their tradition. They know things about their religion. They know things about all the things that have gone on for years and years in their particular religion. But they know nothing about God. There are people that run huge religious organizations and denominations that know less about God than some of our kids in our Sunday school class, church. I ought to get a better amen than that. They know about religion. They know about tradition, but they don't know about God. They have a form of godliness, but the Bible says they deny the power. Well, what, are they, what power are they talking about? See, people see that word power, they talk about, well, they don't believe in healing. That's not what it was talking about. It's talking about denying the power of the Spirit to dominate the mind and the flesh. And no matter what kind of information and education, and I'm not against education. But no matter what kind of information and education the world system can produce, it will not tame the flesh or pacify the soul. The flesh and the soul will still be set on fire by the flames of hell and the iniquity that comes from its father, the devil. Jesus himself said that you are of your father, the devil. Your flesh bears its characteristics and your mind thinks like it. But thank God you've been given a brand new spirit in Christ Jesus. It abides on the inside. There's so much power on the inside of you. It'll dominate your mind. It doesn't matter how far your mind may have went in the things of this world, how far your flesh may have went with addiction, affliction, or anything else. It does not matter. The word of God and the will of God in your human spirit can rise up and dominate it every time and in every area. you got to put some effort into it. So they say, well, people are getting smarter and they're, and they're finding out a lot more things. Well, I, thank God they are. But still, the wisdom that descendeth not from above is earthly, sensual, devilish. Listen to it in the Amplified. It says in verse 13, excuse me, verse 15. This superficial wisdom is not such as comes down from above, but is earthly, 
unspiritual. You know what it says next to unspiritual? Animal. You know what that means? I'll tell you what it means. Animal means it's all act and response. Act and response. Slap my hand, I slap your hand. Kick me, I kick you. Bite me, I bite you. That's, animal. That's how animals respond. It says it's animal, animal, animalistic, and what? Demonical. Devilish. You say, what do you mean? I'm not, I don't have a devil in me. No, you don't. You're not possessed of a devil. Neither is your flesh. Neither is your mind. But honey, it can be influenced by it. It can be influenced by it. But now notice what it says of this. It says, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, undefiled, and it's peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It's willing to yield out, it's willing to yield to reason that's full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholehearted, straightforward, impartial, unfringed, unfringed, free from doubts and wavering, and free from insincerity. So, to simplify tonight, our task as we pray, as we study the Word, as we enter into the deeper things of God, it is our task as individual believers to recognize that which is of our spirits, which is of God. The Bible says that the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. That is your communication system. That's where God talks. He doesn't talk to your mind. The Word is the one that renews your mind. The word is the one. Then your flesh. If you let your flesh go crazy, it'll go crazy. One of the best ways to get your flesh under is to force your flesh to serve God. Force your flesh to come to church. Force it to lift its hands in the air. Force the feet to dance. Force it to run around the church. You say, I really have a problem with my flesh. Run around the church three or four times next time after during praise and worship service. Well, I can't do that. That's your flesh telling you that. That's right. You can't do that. But your spirit, man, can get strong enough where it tells your flesh, Run! And off you go. People don't realize. They think that doesn't mean anything. But a lot of times you're getting your flesh under. You're making your flesh do things. See, a lot of people are unwilling to enter in to worship with their bodies, to dance before the Lord, to run, to shout, even to lift their hands. But then they want to go outside the church and raise people from the dead and pull people out of wheelchairs and Walmart parking lots. But you can't even run around the church. But if you want your flesh to be dominated by your spirit, then you let it do it in a sanctuary, a protected place where God can empower you and you can dominate your flesh through praise and through worship. Then your mind, you begin to do what? You begin to renew it. You begin to reprogram that thought process center. Those And listen, people say things like, well, I'm just, that's just the way God made you. God didn't make you afraid. God didn't make you fearful. When he made you, he made you born again in his likeness, in his image. All that stuff in your personality, in your mind, in your soul, in your emotions. God wants to dredge that out of you and put his stuff in there. So, well, I've always been intimidated. You don't have to be anymore. I've always been fearful. You don't have to be anymore. I've always had doubts. You don't have to anymore. You make a decision. I'm not living by my mind. I'm not living by my flesh. I'm living by the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me. I'm going to allow it to dominate me in every area of your Then, once you've done that, what you've done is you've started a fight. You have picked a fight. A lot of people don't like to pick fights. I'll fight if I have to. Well, here's the deal. Unless you pick a fight, then you'll be in a fight your whole life. 
So the best thing to do is just go ahead and pick a fight with your flesh. Say, how do you pick a fight with your flesh? Push it around. When you're praying tomorrow, you go, maybe you spend 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes praying. Well, just do say, well, I'm just going to lift my hands today. You know, a lot of of you, when the first came to a church like this, you saw people with their hands up, you went, oh, my God. Your hands weighed 450 pounds. You were like, sat on the very back row, my goodness. I mean, and now you're, glory to God, glory to God. Well, see, you've, you've overcome some areas in your flesh. You've overcome some areas in your flesh is what's happened. In your mind, be careful of what you expose your mind to. Be careful of what you put into your peanut brain because we think we're so intellectually endowed, but here's the only way you can really be intellectually endowed is to allow your spirit access to your mind to the point that your spirit dominates it to where every thought that you think, you cut it off the corner of what this book says, not what your education says, your background says, or anything else. You make a decision. Well, it's what the Word says. I know I've told the story several times. I knew the, uh, was a, met the guy a couple of times. He was a, out of a, a Brother B.B. Hankins church, and he was a hippie. He grew up, he was a hippie back in the 60s. He had long hair and had a, you know, a feathered earring and, and just, just took LSD, took those psychedelic drugs, and basically made the statement, I fried my brain. He used to say it. I heard him tell his testimony twice. He said, I fried my brain. He said, I fried my brain. He said, then I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, so I walked around for two years with my brain in my hand. And he said, anybody that asked me, anytime anybody asked me, what do you think about this? I'd say, wait a second, I've got to go look at my brain. And he said, it took me about two years of forcing myself not to think anything that was not in this word. He said, that began the process of mind renewal. He said, that began it. What you've got to make a decision to do is to say, you want to know the way I think? Here it is right here. What do, you think, how, what do you think about how people get to heaven? Well, the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be. Well, don't you think you can be good enough? That's not what my brain says. What do you think about somebody actually being healed by God outside of medical science? Well, the Bible says, by his stripes, we're healed. And when you make a decision, this is now the thought process center of, of my being right here, this word right here. This word right here. I believe, now, I always tell you when I go off into my fantasies, amen, this is not doctrine. It's not doctrine. But I believe one of the benefits of redemption and the millennial reign will be when we step into a glorified body, that which we've put into our human spirits will be instantaneously downloaded into our brain permanently so that there'll be no longer a fight with it. You say, what do you mean? Well, if you hadn't put it in there, you can't download it. It's not going to transfer. You might have to come sit in my class in heaven (laughs) or down here on earth somewhere and let me teach it to you all over again. There you sit in a glorified body wanting to fly off to some star somewhere, but no, you got to come sit in my class while I teach you the Word of God. But let me just say this. It'll be a lot easier to teach you. (laughs) Amen. So, we've got to understand, recognize, and realize that we are in a fight. It's not with the devil. It's not with demon powers. The biggest fight we fight is with ourselves. But here's the good news. That battle can be won if you will make a decision to fight it by faith. Renew your mind with the Word. Present your body a living sacrifice. Develop your spirit. Don't neglect your mind. 
Don't neglect your body. Put it in the correct order. Spirit first, soul second, body last. Flesh. Say, why flesh last? Because if you put the flesh any place out of its order, I guarantee it's going to mess you up. You got you to think before you feel. Amen. Because if you don't do that, at least if you don't do that, you're going to be in trouble. But make a decision. I'm not going to live by my flesh or my mind. I'm going to live by the Spirit of God. And I believe truly that we're living in the exponential curve of the spirit realm of time to where people would work on this in their lives for years and make little progress. We can work for a few short weeks and make great progress because we don't have as much time as people had years ago. We've got little time. We're in the last of the last days, the last hours, the last seconds of time. God says, if you'll just give it some effort, then I'll turn up the power of all that that's in my word. And I guarantee if you'll do it, if you'll put that effort into it, God will prepare you for supernatural service in the kingdom of God. And our last days here on this earth will be spectacular. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 7.30. Thursday evening, midweek service, 7.30. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.